<clears throat> Alrighty. Uh, hi, everyone. It's me, Daniel K. Welcome back to episode number three of Daniel K's Let's Wagner, in which today we'll be experiencing the third act. The third scene of uh, of the first During Das Nibelung opera, Das Rheingold. Yes, 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 yes. We're back into it. It's all good. Yeah, this has been fun so far. Hey, speaking of so far, what's happened? Well, I've got my settings straight this time, so I'm not going to be shouting over the opera, or more accurately, not shouting enough over the opera. You're going to be able to hear me more than you can hear old Wotan, poor Fricker, his his wife, whose sister Wotan sold to pair of giants. I don't remember the names of the giants, but yeah, so, what's actually happened in the opera so far? Well, uh, a little dwarf uh, forsook love and stole some gold from three sisters, and then Wotan uh, paid uh, two giants uh, with his sister-in-law to build him a cool castle, because he wants a cool castle. His wife, Fricka, was upset with him, even though she said he should have a castle. She wanted him to have a castle, so he was settled down. The giants come along, and Wotan's like, Well, don't worry, everyone. I never actually planned on giving my sister-in-law away. I got my cool trickster friend. Um, the What was it? The Loge. Was it the Loge? Oh, no, I've forgotten his name. The Loge? The Roge? The Logi? The Loki? I don't know. Oh, baby monitor alert. Hang on. It's just the cat. Just the cat in my kid's room meowing at, at my sleeping kid. Good luck. Good luck, Malachite. He's not going to feed you. I'm the one who feeds you. You should come into the back room and meow at me. <laughs> uh, anyway, the loge is like, uh, yeah, uh, you're on your own, buddy. And then the giant's like, we're taking, we're taking Freya. And uh, Wotan's like, ha, oh, hang on, we can work something out. And then one of the giants is like to the other one, hey, you know you know, Freya has those magic apples, right? Well, it's those magic apples which give these godly folk the power of eternal life and, uh, and energy and sustenance. If we just take her and say, look, we'll work it out tomorrow, then there are going to be some sickly slugs on the floor and they'll just do whatever we want in exchange for little Miss Golden Apples here. And then the other brother's like... Yeah, good plan. And then they do it. Uh, but not before the Loge has really talked up this incredible story he heard from these three sisters about this cunning little dwarf who forsook love um, and claimed the Rhine gold in the Rhine, the River Rhine. And what's so good about the Rhine gold? Well, it has the power to be forged into a ring which grants your wishes and you can have all your earthly uh, desires come true. Wow, everyone's really excited by that. And they're not too sure about the idea of forsaking love. But the Loge is like, don't worry, the dwarf already forsook love, and that gave him the power to turn it into a ring. And then what the thief stole, you merely steal off him. Once it's turned into a ring, you can just use a ring that the, the dwarf made by forsaking love. You don't have to forsake love. You wait for the dwarf to make the ring and take the ring. All that stuff... There's some new nuance in that recap, which I didn't get on the first uh, experience through. It wasn't until listening to the last episode that I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Loge is saying you don't have to worry about forsaking love because the dwarf's going to make the ring for you and just take the ring. And then that bit about um, 
the two uh, giants were like, oh, um, custody is... Was it custody is irrelevant because she makes magic apples in her garden? Oh, there there was some light motif, some tune that recurred when they were when they were singing about the garden, which I really liked. Something, something, garden. Anyway, so yeah, the end of scene two, um, Wotan, in a very sickly and weak state, stumbled off alongside the Loge uh, through the sulfurous cleft on their way to the bottom of the Rhine uh, to, to look for the dwarf, to get the gold, to give to the giants, or maybe to keep for themselves. They haven't yet decided what to do, but whatever it is, they're going to theoretically get Freya back. With the gold or by giving away the gold, they haven't yet. Without, no, we'll just figure it out as we go, they say. And so off Wotan and the Loge go. And they're going into this sulfurous cleft business. And then the scene ended and the scenery changed. And now cut back to the scenery changing. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna listen to that cool bit again where all the music was like... I don't, I don't remember how it goes, but it was some cool bit which was like, crunk, crunk, crunkety, crunk, 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 crunkety, crunk. Dun, 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 dun. Really intense music. Blah, blah, blah. Let's hit play. Okay. So you hear that? Blah, 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 blah. I told you. Yeah. In a darkened stage, some, uh, some black clad stage hands are pushing the, uh, the concrete-like architecture around to reform the scenery. Away goes the old uh, Corinthian column and arch. Sliding off on its little wheels. Away goes the incredible uh, cog set piece. And in come great slabs of concrete bound by angular pillars which stretch up into the darkness above the stage row after row row on row stein um stein of stone pillars like a hypostial hall uh here it is yeah look at this what is this dun 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 I bet this is What's the Star Wars guy's name? Mate, uh, John Williams. I bet John Williams was listening to a bit of that when he was making all the Darth Vader music for his movie Star Wars. Yeah, uh, and uh, the sort of wrought iron work of a deep uh, shaft uh, of stairs, a very thin and spindly uh, winding stairs, uh, it is, uh, is drawn up past the audience, up, up into the ceiling to imply uh, downward travel deep into the earth to this underground vault maybe this underground setting oh the curtain rises oh and there's like people just lying around on the ground but then someone runs in and they all get up and start running away 
Oh, here's the dwarf. Come here, you crafty dwarf. You shall be pitilessly pinched if you haven't finished the fine wrought gold on time. So that was confusing. That's the dwarf, the Nibelung. This, the weird gnome shouting at a dwarf. Let me go! It's it's ready! As ordered! He's accosted a little, uh, like a little art, artisanal tinkerer. Why are you so slow to show it then? Well, just in case something was lacking. What, is it not ready? No, no, here, here it is, and there. No, no, give me the work. <gasps> and he runs up to attack this dwarf uh, tinkerer, and the tinkerer oh, is shocked, and he throws something away onto the ground, and ka-clunk, it hits the ground with a... A noise. And the gnome, the Nibelung, the lech from the first act, comes and picks it up and he's all his pleased. It looks like a shroud of chainmail. See, scoundrel? Everything is finished. Did the simpleton seek to deceive? Oh, no, 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 goes the dwarf. And keep for himself the object that my craft taught him how to forge? Says the Nibelung, the lecherous gnome. The little hairy man, he's fiddling. Yeah, it's like a chainmail balaclava or, or like a shroud that he's just draped over his face to try out. And oh, he's happy with it. The helmet fits. Will the spell work too? Yeah, I got my chainmail balaclava. I'm a weird little gnome with a chainmail balaclava. Night and mist like to no one. Oh, he looks really weird. And all the little dwarves in, like, mining helmets who were lying on the ground when he first ran into the scene, presumably slacking off work, are like... They're, like, gathering around. Can you see me, brother? Where are you? I cannot see you. Oh, shit, he's disappeared. Then feel me, rascal. Take that for your thieving thoughts. Oh, my God. Thank you, stupid. Your work has stood the test. He's turned invisible, ladies and gentlemen. The dwarven tinker has been attacked by an invisible gnome. A lecherous invisible gnome. Nibelungs bow down to Albrecht. Oh no, the... Oh no. Now he is watching you everywhere. And rest is refused you. Oh yeah, all the dwarves bow down to their new invisible master. Work for him, although he's unseen. You are his vassals forever. All you other dwarves are slaves to me. Many of these actors on stage uh, are people with dwarfism. Listen for him. He is near the Lord of the Nibelung. Okay, he's just declared himself king of the dwarves because he's invisible. King of the dwarves. King of the dwarves because he's turned himself invisible. Dun, 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 dun. This is great. This is so cool. Are they down in like a mine or something where this is happening? Oh, the poor uh, tinkerer appears to be greatly injured by the pinch he received from the invisible pervert, and he's stumbling around holding his paw back. All the other dwarves seem to be, like, a bit afraid to help him. Everyone's a bit afraid. Afraid of their new invisible master. Oh, the tinkerer is sad. Oh, here comes the loge. Here's Nibelheim! What fiery sparks are flashing! The dwarf is singing, ow, ow, ow. Wait, what's that among the rocks? Says Wotan, pointing his spear at the injured dwarf. Hey, you, why are you whimpering? Says the loge. Hey, Mime, what torments you so? Okay, I think the tinker is named Mime. Leave me in peace, loge. Oh, more yes, I'd help you, Mime. 
Hey, let me help out, Mime. What's going on? Did an invisible pervert pinch you so badly that you appear to be physically injured? Mime is lamenting. I must obey my own brother who brought these bonds on me. Mime is... Is the, is the invisible dwarf's brother. Wait, wait. What gave him the power to bind him? What gave him the power to bind you? Asked Loge. Cunning Albrecht wrought himself a ring from the Rhine's gold. Ah. With it, he has overcome us, the Nibelung's nocturnal race. Carefree Smiths, once we created ornaments for our for our women. Carefree Smiths, once we created ornaments for our women. This is the song of the plight of the Nibelung. And lightly we laughed at our work. And all the dwarves are like huddling around. The villain compels us to creep into caverns and toil for him. Yeah, all the dwarves are gathering around uh, Wotan and the Loge. And they're like pulling at his fancy clothes. Through the ring, his greed divines where the new gleam is concealed. Ah, oh, through, through, with the magic of the ring, he can see where more gold is. And we've got to dig it out and melt the booty. Forge the cast. The Loge is slapping their hands away from Wotan's finery. To pile up our master's hoard. Oh, I like how this bit sounds, this underground section sounds. Your idleness brought on this ire, says says the Loge. You're a damn fault. Uh, Mime says, on me he forced the... What was that? Oh, I missed it. Back ten seconds, back ten seconds. On me he forced the heaviest task. He bade me forge and weld a helmet. Wait, what? I, uh, I noted what power lay in the work that I fashioned. He's really, he's really emoting about this. I wanted to keep the helmet and escape from Albrecht's sway. I wanted to turn invisible with the invisible helmet. Perhaps get him in my power, says Mime. He's like creeping around. And snatch the ring so that I might be free and he my slave. laughing and punching himself in the head. He's so frantic. Uh, why didn't you do it, says Loge. Well, yeah, I made the helmet, says Mime. But I didn't guess the spell right. Nicht recht. Not right. He who planned the work and snatched it from me, Albrecht, is talking about his brother Albrecht, has taught me what cunning lay in the helmet. Yeah? Why couldn't you? Yeah. He vanished from my sight, but unseen his arm raised wheels. That's what thanks I earned. Wheels or whales? Oh, he's self-flagellating with, with, with despair. <laughs> 
Oh, this isn't going to be easy, says Loge. Uh, he'll fall to your cunning. What the hell is this? Oh my god, oh my god! Wait, hang on. I'll be back in a tick, listeners, oh my god. Goddamn, what is happening? Hang on. Um. Alright, we're back, we're back. Uh, uh, Mime the Dwarf is self-flagellating and has collapsed on the ground, having whipped himself. Uh, our, our capture will not be so easy, says Loge. Nah, he'll fall to your cunning, Loge, says Wotan. I actually kind of like their friendship. Hey, who are you, says Mime. Oh, we're friends, says Loge. We're gonna free all the Nibelungs, says Loge. Uh, and he gestures over to Wotan, who's like, Uh, I don't know, Loge, are we going to free the Nibelungs? Oh, watch out, here comes Ogres, says Mime. Uh, we'll just wait for him here, says... Uh, says Wotan. And he's like, they're acting casual. Uh, and in come all these dwarves, and they're pushing... Oh, tables full of gold. Idle herd, pile up the horde, shouts Albrecht. He's bossing the other dwarves around. Yeah, they've brought up hordes of gold. Put down that treasure! What do I got to... Oh, I got to come up there and help you or something? Oh, Albrecht meets Wotan. Wotan is holding up his spear in defense. Wait, who are you? What is going on, says Albrecht. Hey, uh, Scamp, have you been chatting to these tramps? He asks Mime. And Mime kind of runs away in fear. Get out of here, all of you. Find me gold from the new veins, is shouting at the other, the other dwarves. My whip awaits for those that don't dig deep. I, I notice Mime is struggling with a massive hunk of gold to stack it up on the pile. I'm everywhere, though none can tell where. And it's a real... Wait, what the hell was that? Oh, that was his whip. He's whipping at them. Are you still lingering? You're still loitering? All the dwarves are like gathered around to watch the Wotan-Albrecht interaction. I think Albrecht is going, like, hey, everyone get out of here. I gotta, what's the deal with this, this Wotan guy? I'm gonna figure it out. Everyone leave me alone. Albrecht climbs up onto his pile of chunks of gold. Tremble, you abject throng. Obey the master of the ring. He slips on his ring. But he doesn't turn invisible. All the dwarves just run away in fear. He's pointing the ring at them. Like, eh, I got the ring on, I got the ring on. And they're all running away. Yeah, before he really, like, they did a little bait and switch. When all the dwarves ran in front of him, he disappeared through a hatch or something. And it was like, one minute he was there, next he was gone. And then all of a sudden, Mime was getting pinched by an invisible Albrecht. It was pretty cool. And now they're alone, Albrecht is like chilling out. He's like, what? so what do you want? What's up? Well, from Nibelheim's land of night, we've heard new rumors, sings Wotan. Mighty marvels, Albrecht works. Greed's brought us as guests to gorge. Guests de gear. 
Oh, Envy led you. Yes, that I well know, says Albrecht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The loge is creeping around behind them. Hey, do you know me well? Who am I that you should snarl? In your cave, loge smiled on you. Gave light and warming flames. Yeah, I know these caves. We're, we're old buddies, aren't we, Albrecht? I fired your forge, says the loge. I'm your kinsman. I was your friend. You should show me a little bit of thanks, you know? Loge smiles now with elves of light, says Albrecht. And Loge is like, ah, ah, no, I don't. If, you false one, you're their friend as you once were my friend. Then I got nothing to fear. Oh, you can have faith in me, says the Loge. In faithlessness, not fidelity, says Albrecht. I don't understand what the hell he said, but he, he seems to think he made a good point. But dauntless, I defy you all. Oh, your power lends you assurance, sings the Loge. Yeah, 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 you're cool. Great has grown your strength. Hey, do you see all my gold? Says Albrecht. Look at all, look at all my gold. Yeah. I've never yet seen one so enviable as you, says the Loge. Yeah, well, that's today's poultry pile. It will increase in the future. I'm going to get more gold. Uh, here's Wotan. But Nibelheim is joyless. And treasure can buy nothing. Nibelheim's knight serves me to create and conceal treasure, says Albrecht. Yeah, I don't care if everyone's miserable. They're making me cool stuff like this magic helmet, did you, you know? With the horde in the cave, I intend to work wonders. Yeah, makes a good point. He's striking quite a figure, sat down on a, like a lump of rock in his dirty old, like, duster. I'll win the world for my own. I'm going to sit in this cave and make incredible weapons of wonder. Uh, how are you going to do that? How will you start on that? Asks, uh, what's-his-face, Wotan. Oh, you who aloft in the breeze live and laugh and love. Albrecht is really pretty, uh... All you gods, I'll grip in my golden grasp. Got a good intense face, Albrecht. As I renounced love. All shall renounce it. Yeah, yeah. He has a master plan. He has renounced love and he's going to make everyone else renounce love too. Allured by gold, for gold alone shall... For gold alone shall you hunger. And he's like, he's like so entranced in his own story about how miserable all he's going to make everyone. He's like chomping on his own fist. Arr, 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 arr. Oh, on radiant peaks you live in bliss, he sings. You got it so good up there, Wotan. And you or your gods and or elves. I'm not too sure about the language here. But yeah, all on your lofty peaks. The black gnome you despise, you eternal revelers. You despise the black gnome. 
just in case you're curious, Albrecht, a Caucasian man, definitely a white gnome. I think it's just using black as a metaphor for like, you know, a, like, you know, deject and working underground. Uh, when you men serve my might, the dwarf will take his pleasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. The boot's going to be on the other foot, says Albrecht. He's approached Wotan and he's like jutting up against his spear in a real power move. With your pretty women, though love... Oh my god, I missed the creepy thing he said. Let's go back ten seconds to catch the creepy thing. With your pretty women, though love does not smile on him... Did you hear that? Says Albrecht. Beware when the Nibelung horde. I, I think he means like... Beware when the Nibelung horde rises from the depths to the light. You watch out when I get all my gold. I'm going to do some real messed up stuff. Yeah, that, that women comment. I think he was just going like, Yeah, I'm going to live in your castle. Wotan's like, You're a blasphemer. The Loja's like, No, no, shut up, shut up. Faced with Albrecht's work, who would not feel wonder? Uh, Loja's putting some spin on this situation. If you win with your treasure, all that you demand, says the Loge, I must acclaim you absolutely the mightiest. And Albrecht's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon, stars, radiant sun. Loja's like waving his arms in the air. Wotan is like... They can do no other but serve you. Wotan is, is sitting down with a real stony um, poker face. Um, the loge is like, ah, but I deem it significant that those who heap the hoard obey you so ungrudgingly. Huh, why are all those Nibelungs doing exactly what you say all the time? Boldly, you fingered a ring, says the loge. And Albrecht is like, hmm. And he starts fidgeting around in his pocket. And before that ring, they trembled. Boldly, you fingered a ring before which they all trembled. Uh, Albrecht pulls it out and loge is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, says the loge, but if a thief by stealth snatched the ring... Albrecht pulls, nonchalantly pulls his hand back behind his back. How would you guard yourself? asks the Loge. Ah, the Loge thinks himself most artful, says Albrecht. Yeah, Albrecht knows the Loge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Others seem pretty stupid to him, don't they? Oh, no, 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 goes the Loge, just waving his hand. Well, that I should need his counsel. The thief would rejoice to hear. Uh, Albrecht has pushed away the loge. I conceived the concealing helmet, and I had mime fashion it for me. He's pulled out the helmet, and he's fondling it fondly, and he's got quite a smile on his face as he sings, a very gentle and loving smile. This helmet allows me to change my shape at will. His eyes grow wide with self-satisfaction. No one can see me, and yet I'm everywhere. 
he's like I like that he's so entranced by what he's saying. He's he's gone really quiet and he can almost not he's almost like whispering to Wotan, I can live safe. I can live safe even from you My kind considerate friend <laughs> That's that's funny. Deloge. Uh, I've seen many strange things, but never witnessed such a wonder, says the Loge. Mm, 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 mm. I can't credit this unique work, says the Loge. No, I don't believe it. Oh, Albrecht's outraged. If this were possible, then your power would last forever, says the Loge. You'd be too powerful. Do you think that I lie, Loge? Do you think that I lie like a Loge? Well, until I see it for myself, I don't be believe you. Or oh, the fool is you. How may envy devour you? In what shape shall I appear? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever you want, says the loge. Oh, this better not be fucking dumb. Uh, strike me dumb with, with whatever you want, says the loge. Albrecht puts on his his weird... His weird veil. And standing there in his dusty trench coat with a chainmail veil over his face. He looks like a real creep. Giant serpent... Curl and coil, and he's enshrouded by mist. Oh, he flips up his overcoat as he shrinks down into a little ball on the ground, and the mist kind of enshrouds him. The Loge and Wotan are. Oh, he's actually he's become part of the stage, which it turns, which it turns out, was a fucking dragon all along. Part of the stage was a dragon and he's like sitting inside it and controlling it with either arm outstretched like he's a goddamn Jim Henson Muppet engineer. And there's a giant golden dragon. It turns out there was a dragon on stage all along and I didn't even see it and it's huge. And it's waggling its tail around and Wotan and the Loge are pretending to be really menaced by it. They're threatening it with their spears. The Loge is pulling at its tail. The Loge has become wrapped in its tail. Oh no, do not swallow me. Spare Loge's life. Screams the pitiful loathe. Oh, good, you villain. How quickly the dwarf turned to a dragon. Says, um... Says Wotan. I think he's pretty happy that the loge has been caught by the dragon. Oh, the loge has pulled himself free. Um... Uh... Albrecht flips back over his coat. The dragon costume is once again a flat piece of the ground. Do you believe me now? He goes... What do you reckon now? My trembling testifies to it. Now, I, c I actually can't tell how much of that was the Loge and Wotan acting more scared than they were. Now that I've seen it, I readily believe you, says the Loge. Because it was kind of... The acting was a little pathetic. But wait, 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 says the Loge. Can you make yourself tiny? That would be the subtle way to escape any danger, says the Loge. But that would probably be too hard, says the Loge. Well, how small shall I be, says Albrecht. Fucking hell. Uh, maybe so that a crevice might hold you. Where a toad timidly would quiver. Oh, nothing simpler, says Albrecht. Okay. Yeah, watch me, says Albrecht. Wagner, what are you doing here? This is the oldest shit in the fucking playbook. Wagner? Crawl, crooked grey toad, sings Albrecht, and he's disappearing down, down, down into the smoke 
yeah, through some stage trickery, he 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 almost like uh, melts away into the surface of the stage where the smoke was emanating from. Uh, and Wotan and the Loge are tiptoeing around looking for where he might have vanished to. Oh, a little puppet frog has popped up where he was. Seize it quickly. It's a little hand puppet frog. A blobby little frog. Oh, I'm captured. Hold him until I tie him, says the Loge. Wotan has got um, Albrecht, his arms behind his back. He's back into uh, his normal Albrecht form. Up we go. There we go. He's got Albrecht tied behind his back. Yeah, they successfully captured Albrecht and the curtain falls. Bop, ba da da da. Bop, bop. Oh, God. Wow, that was a quick. That was quick. The stagehands are, are out pushing, pushing the hypostial hall around. Pushing the gold around. Pushing the scenery away. Come on, Wagner. What is this puss and boots nonsense? I liked it better when the mean man sold his sister-in-law. Oh, oh! A reprise. The wrought iron, uh, tangly, twisty staircase is drawn back down, signifying, I think, our party's return to the surface world as up the staircase we travel. Nice. Nice. Nice music. Scene three. Started good. A little bit weak in the end there. But I guess people were easily impressed in 18 whatever. 1880 something. 1870 something. Whenever. I don't know. When did, when did the Ring to Sneebelen come out? It's probably like, oh, between 1870-something and 1890-something, you know, this opera then, this opera that. Okay. We're back in what appears to be uh, a modified fortress uh, stage setting, the same as it was before, with the Corinthian column and arch in a slightly different configuration, although it is being pushed, so maybe it's going to be in the same configuration. Maybe we're just having a full-on reset to scene two. I like these little... I like this these bits when it's not an opera. When it's just, uh, you know... Bunch of Star Wars Lord of the Rings music. Yeah. It appears that the stage has totally reset itself to how it was back in scene two. Uh, the great uh, wall, concrete wall, supported by these uh, serious looking buttresses, these big, uh, big sort of concrete studs or beams or whatever running up, up the side of the wall. It, it's now sandwiching back down into place. Stage remains completely empty. But I feel like it might be pretty close to... 
We had a curtain fall and the curtain rise. Yeah, here's um, yeah, here's Elbrecht and the Loge. Ah, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay. <sighs> okay. Scene three was shorter than I was expecting. But oh boy. Uh, I think scene four is gonna be a big one. Uh, yeah, because there's, 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 uh, yeah, about a third of the, of the performance left, I think. Okay, okay, cool. So, I really enjoyed all the Nibelung stuff. I liked mime. I liked the bit where he laughed manically and punched himself in the forehead, and then he cried miserably and flagellated himself onto the ground. That was good. Uh, he had little, he had little round glasses. That's how you could tell he was a tinkerer. Um, and like a, you know, a wiry gray beard and a bald head. And it was quite, you know, I don't know, short-sighted looking. Quite a, quite a Terry Pratchett kind of character back here. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot to be said about the connections between the Ring Das Nibelung and the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, I, um coming to this knowledge totally like I'd heard that uh, Lord of the Rings was inspired by Wagner and the Ring Cycle but never I've never made it this far into any of the Ring operas and boy it's real Lord of the Ringsy isn't he there's a dwarf turns invisible just like the dwarf turns invisible in Lord of the Rings he's got a magic ring just like the dwarf has a magic ring in Lord of the Rings little Frodo the dwarf turns invisible with his ring Albrecht the dwarf turns invisible with a ring. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Frodo in uh, During des Nibelung is a bit more lecherous, I think. And also he pinched mime so much that he appeared to be injured. Ah, oh, the cat's back. Meowing. I've already fed him. He got dinner already. He's just trying his luck. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Also, uh, I was tempted to bring up, uh, Wagner's, uh, well-documented anti-Semitism, and it's, um, <laughs> and it's very real presence in During des Nibelung, the fact that he, uh, yeah, didn't like Jews, and he kind of made his dwarves into Jewish stereotypes. Um, I was actually struck when I was watching the Hobbit movie about uh, how how the dwarves wanting to return to their home, which they were exiled from, sort of stinks of Zionism. I didn't realize that that's because it's like... Uh, that was probably... Could that possibly be... Um, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien recognizing Wagner's anti-Semitism and continuing it, continuing the 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 um, the Jewish stereotyping in the Lord of the Rings, or am I talking totally out of turn? And I don't know as as a as a Goyim myself what the hell I'm talking about. 
hey, who knows? I'm just here to ask questions. I'm just a guy with a podcast. It's my job to ask these questions. It's my job to make this pathetic excuse for dawdling around issues. It's my job to turn off the recording now, hit the stop button. It's my job to go to bed. It's my job to start a little piece of music playing in the background so that this isn't a super hard cut to black. Here we go. Click.